27. It's second down and 12. We go wild dog with Sony. Nauta goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling. 25-20. Got a block for Grubb. 50, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Dogs win it. We're headed to Welcome back to this episode of the Damn Good Dogcast. This is your host, Robert Reynolds. Boy, what a day it has been. NCAA finally says that the dead period will be done. Hallelujah. Right? That's that's a lot of good news right there, just in one statement. A lot of good news. Also, if anybody keeps up with recruiting, uh, Mr. Wilfong decided to drop a crystal ball for Kamari Wilson, and he did it for the dogs. So a lot of good news today. Um, but first and foremost, I want to welcome an enemy, but also a friend, uh, Aaron Bass from fir- or fifth quarter, I should say. Sorry, fifth quarter Clemson. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself, man? I am doing well. It's five o'clock on a Monday. You know, it's a, it's a Monday. So, yep. And five o'clock, you know what that means? It's happy hour, right? Hey, it's five o'clock somewhere. And that means it is five o'clock on the Eastern time zone. So, anyways, let's go ahead and jump right into this. So, obviously, the news today broke that the, that the uh, NCAA was uh, stopping the dead period. So, June 1st, Recruits are going to be back to normal, can take official visits, can go visit campus. Huge news. I know Georgia fans are excited. I think everybody in the NCAA recruits, parents, you name it, they're excited. I'm sure Clemson's got a lot of names lined up for that first weekend. Uh, I know Georgia does. So I guess with that case right there, who are some names that uh, you're seeing uh, going up to Clemson uh, the first weekend? Yeah, um, I haven't really been uh been keeping up with the names. Uh, most of our guys haven't really said said anything. Um, you know, uh, I try to avoid uh saying names unless they're like um unless they're committed. Um, but to touch on that, like I would say, one of the biggest parts about this dead period coming to an end is we see a lot of guys who have already for the class of twenty twenty two. 2022 have committed to great programs um, and they believe that these programs are the best fit for them. Um, But the big thing with this dead period coming to an end is these guys are actually able to see behind the scenes. You know, that's um, something a lot of programs, smaller programs uh, that haven't been able to show off yet is the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, um, like as a Clemson fan, you know, we have our, um, we have our football complex. We have our indoor practice facilities. We have Memorial Stadium. We have all this stuff that we want to show off to our 
future recruits that we haven't yet been able to do. Um, and then there, and, and then there are, are other schools like Georgia tech who have made a significant financial, um, commitment to improving their facility. So just like as a whole, not as a Clemson fan and just as a college football fan, the dead period coming to an end is really going to throw a ratchet, uh, a ratchet in the machine of what has been the class of 2022's recruiting thus far. And I do expect to see a lot of guys flipping, you know, guys who may have committed to Clemson flipping somewhere else, maybe Georgia flipping somewhere else. There's going to be a lot of decisions changed. And I do think that's a good thing considering that guys are just basically going off of what they've been told, not what they've seen yet. So with the dead period coming to an, to an end on June 1st, it's huge for recruits to be able to go behind the scenes and see what a program actually has to offer and not just what the coach is saying they offer. Oh, I, I completely agree. I know looking at um, obviously from the norm that we've, that's been created since this dead period started and got extended, you know, Zoom calls can only do so much, you know. Uh, and, and to your point, uh, I know Clemson is a powerhouse when it comes to recruiting and on the field. You look at Georgia, the same situation, right, elite recruiting. You know, it, It's so interesting to see that I, I genuinely believe that this year the, the recruiting landscape it's going to be as wild as you'll probably ever see. And, you know, and like you, and you were saying the decommitments, I expect that to happen. I see people backing off, not necessarily flipping schools as much, but I mean, you will see a lot of people back off, um, you know, those commitments just to kind of open things up. And, you know, with Clemson, I know if I'm not mistaken, you have like uh, Clemson has this rule where once you're committed, you know, uh, you can't really visit other schools, things like that. And that's kind of a, I ain't going to say a bad thing, but I feel like it's definitely not the normal. But at the end of the day, it's it's landed y'all nice recruiting classes and uh, won y'all championships under Dabo. So, you know. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it is a, it is a rule that some may say is pretty unconventional and, uh, and some could say a little bit toxic. Um, and I would agree, like, as as a recruit, if I commit to a school and they go, all right, well, you're you cannot visit other schools or at least do it officially, you know, it it might rub me the wrong way a little bit. Uh, it hasn't really impacted our recruiting. I mean, we lost, uh, we did lose Corey Foreman, but it is one of those things. Like, I don't think us losing him was actually because of that rule. I think it was just because he just wanted to stay in Southern Cal. He wanted to go to USC and and he wanted to be a part of rebuilding that program. So I mean I mean I don't think it, it was that. And you know like with the orange tinted glasses on, I do have to I do have to defend the rule a little bit. Uh, I do like the idea of once you're committed, once you're all in, you know I don't understand. Like it's kind of like a relationship. You build a relationship and and a bond with the school, with your future teammates, with your coaches, and the idea that you want to go on a paid date with someone else. Eh, it doesn't really sit well with people. Doesn't sit well in Clemson. Um, I do think with us opening up the um transfer portal and us wanting to go into that, I do think that rule could be changed or uh, re reversed. But for right now, it's it's very early in 
class of 2022 and w- oh, yeah. with this dead period coming to an end it's a great chance for clemson for uga for georgia tech for all 130 schools to actually go out there and start picking guys oh know? absolutely i know uh now i have a <clears throat> comment from a facebook user uh just just kind of a disclaimer here if anybody's watching on facebook um you need to go to facebook dot or sorry streamyard.com slash facebook and allow StreamYard permission so that we can see who is actually commenting. Uh, so that's just a disclaimer. However, to your point, you know, I kind of like the commitment aspect of, you know, of the rule that Dabo said under there. I, I mean, I was a military veteran, so I understand what commitment means. And, but at the end of the day, also, you know, as a 17, 18 year old kid, you know, I understand, you know, you make a choice, but then, you know, you can flip, you know, flip back and forth so many times. We've seen that, you know, but it kind of does get worn out. But, um, but like you were saying, you know, kids can finally come on campus um, and look at these, you know, universities like, you know, you have world-class facilities in Clemson. Uh, Georgia is the same. I know we've been dumping money into, uh, we got a new uh, athletics uh, facility as well. Uh, That's expected to open up. Uh, after G Day, which is coming up on the seventeenth, a couple days after that, that's going to open up. So, you know, that for us is a right in time where you know you kind of get these elite recruits, and Georgia's got a list of recruits, uh, and it's continuously building. I, I'm sure Clemson does too. You know, maybe that maybe it seems like Clemson has those unexpected type, you know, show up, but it's always fun to you know keep up with that stuff, you know. But um, but anyway, you know, looking forward you know, to finally seeing the recruiting, you know, coaches going out there and things like that. And it, it feels kind of normal again, even though it's not going to be a hundred percent normal, it still feels better than, you know, kids having to sit here and just, you know, look at zoom calls and kind of dictating their life decision, you know? I mean, yeah, it's, um, you know, like going back to it, it's just looking at what's behind the scenes. It's, it's seeing like, on a zoom call, like you can highlight your program as much as you want. You can have this PowerPoint, you can have these videos, you can have this and that, but it's nothing like seeing it in person. You know, it, it, it's one of those things. It's kind of like a, um, similarity to watching a game on TV versus actually going to the game. You know, yeah. In TV, like you'll, you will still see the best and stuff, but just being in that environment and seeing what is really there and seeing the entire culture, seeing, seeing potential future teammates, seeing the staff, that's not, not just the coaching staff, you know, the people who are making your meals, people who are um, like helping you study your future professors. It's being able to go on campus and see all of that stuff can really change the outlook on what a recruit feels. And I, it, I mean, I, I'm, I, like I'm just excited. I'm I'm excited to see how recruits react to actually be being able to v- visit these schools, and you know whether Clemson ends up grabbing a few more from other schools or losing a few more. It's just it's just the chaos of what is college football recruiting, and that's why and that's why we just love it so damn much. Oh, it's beautiful, ain't it? <laughs> it's beautiful, absolutely. No, and and obviously, like you know, Georgia and Clemson, you know. In the past, we've had our huge battles, right, when it comes to recruiting. And, you know, you look at in the past with Razee and Miles Murphy, you know, those were those were just two names of very elite, high-level recruits 
uh, that Georgia and Clemson went against and, you know, went the way for Clemson. And, you know, it's interesting that obviously you have this rivalry between Georgia and Clemson, uh, and it even ties into the recruiting aspect because just recently uh, Malachi Starks and last, you know, last cycle with uh, Kamari Lassiter, you know, Clemson was going after these guys and then, you know, it went the uh, Georgia's way. And, and typically in the past, Georgia's had that hard time uh, fighting Clemson on the recruiting front. Uh, which kind of leads me into this transition of September 4th. It's on everybody. Oh, all right, guys, we're going to let him get back on here. Um, so we'll, oh, there he is. Hold on. Well, Sorry. You good? No, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Uh, no worries there. Not a worry. Did you hear? Uh, so if you weren't, uh, I know you had an issue there. Uh, where I was saying, obviously, in the past that um, Georgia and Clemson's had some very good recruiting battles. You know, both, you know, some have went each other's way. Uh, which kind of leads me into the next transition of September 4th. And I think I can speak on behalf of my fan base, and I'm sure yours as well, the biggest game of the season, and there's no question about it, at least in the regular season. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say, um, you know, just being being a Clemson fan, our saying is this weekend's game or the next game is the biggest game of the season. So, but as just a college football fan and as someone who loves rivalries, I, I can't agree. The, the hype around September 4th is well-earned. It's well-warranted. And I'm, I'm, and I, I would say it, it is arguably the biggest game for both teams when it comes to their um right regular season matchups. Yeah. I, I can speak for Georgia here. Regular season. It's, it's literally landslide that it's the biggest game. Uh, you know, and, and the good thing about this game is you're kind of renewing this rivalry, right? The last time that Georgia Clemson faced, I know a lot of everybody's fans, right? Georgia and Clemson fans remember it, uh, you know, 2013, 2014. And you look at, you know, look at the players, you know, if I'm just from a Georgia standpoint, you know, Todd Gurley and Aaron Murray, you know, it, it, you know, you had the, you know, when Georgia goes there, you have the Georgia win. And then obviously at Clemson, Clemson wins. It just, it just means more when you see the, that big of a rivalry. And, you know, you look at the programs, both programs are elite programs, national title contenders, obviously Clemson with championships. That's a way better game. And kind of go to this rivalry thing. It's a way better game. And it means that much more than, you know, say Clemson and South Carolina or Georgia, Georgia Tech, you know, and, and I'm not going to bash anybody because I know on each side, you know, you look at people want tradition, right? People want to play Georgia Tech for us. And they want to beat the, they basically want to beat the shit out of them every year. And I'm not I'm not mad about it, but you know, with you, when the way college landscape is going, you're going to have to, you know, you're these Power Five non conference games, right? They're going to become a thing. You're going to have to do that, you know. And you look at I'm sure Clemson set up some high marquee uh, matchups. Uh, Georgia damn sure has, um, you know. So my question is, what do you think uh, in regards to these kind of rivalries, right? Because I mean, we both play South Carolina every year. So when it comes to that, you know, do you think it should be continuous or continued, I should say? Or do you think, you know, maybe kind of put it to the wayside and make room for maybe more of a high marquee matchup? Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a traditionalist. Uh, I love traditions. I love rivalries, obviously, um, as as much hatred, I would say. And first off, I was born and raised in Georgia. You know, I've been around the UGA program 
my entire life. I have friends who go to UGA. I almost went to UGA. You know, obviously I'm still like a Clemson fan and my dad's a Clemson alum. I'm, I, I'm soon, uh, soon to be a uh, Clemson alum. And it's just one of those things that as much as I would love to play UGA every year, I do understand just, it's just not in the cards. Um, up, um, up here in uh, South Carolina, we have a uh, interesting state legislator legislature that makes us ma- makes us obligated to play a uh, in-state FCS opponent every year and pay them a minimum of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to do so. You know, for fans on the outside looking in, they can say, "Oh, well, you know, it's like why? Like, why would you choose to play?" The, you know, Furman, the Citadel, Wofford over UGA, LSU, Auburn. And one of the great things I love about college football is it's very diverse, you know? So like us being able to play these guys who weren't recruited by Clemson, by South Carolina, still having, still giving them a, a chance to play in, in Death Valley, to play on prime time and those programs to make money off of those games. Um, is huge. I would love to see Clemson UGA go to a yearly rivalry thing, home and home nonstop. Fortunately, just the way the landscape is, it isn't going to work out, but I do say because we aren't doing that, I am glad that Dabo Sweeney, that Dan Radakovich, that the ACC and the, uh, the uh, SEC have made a commitment to bringing Clemson UGA back. You know, we went from, I think 2001 or 2002, all the way up to 2013, yep. still playing. I I, I, I don't want to see 10 years eclipse from no. the last time Clemson and UGA plays. Um, I, I am all in agreement there with you. I know, and and I think if I'm not mistaken, what we ha- it's several years from now, but uh, you know we do have another home and home. So, it, and I'm going to go ahead and speak on this right here. And I, I was stationed in Charleston. So I, I know the low country and I know South Carolina and how it is. It is interesting to see the Clemson, South Carolina rivalry. Um, I've saw it from both spectrums and, and, and I'll be upfront with you. And, and I know what Georgia, Georgia tech's like, right? South Carolina and Clemson. If anybody's never been to South Carolina, you don't understand. Like there is, it, it's genuinely pure hate for these guys. <laughs> it's, it's pure hate. And it doesn't matter if it's just football. It's not just football. It's like you go to – I've talked to people, and they're like, I literally hate Clemson or I literally hate South Carolina. It, it is unreal. But, you know, Georgia fans have that feel, especially with the Gators, right? Like it's that bitter rivalry that you love, and obviously you just hate. You just hate it. But, you know, there's been a lot of conflict going on recently for us. I don't, I'm going to let you kind of end on something. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but with obviously with the world's uh, largest outdoor co- uh, cocktail party, uh, Georgia, Florida. Yeah. I know there's been uh, talks that, you know, maybe they look at making it home and home. And in my opinion, right, and there may be a lot of people that love Jacksonville. I want to see it home and home. And the reason being is, and you can, you probably can see this, when you have these neutral games, you lose a recruiting week. You, yes, you get the national exposure and things like that, but would you rather have that national exposure or have kids, have an extra week of kids coming to your, coming to your program and coming to your university? And that's where I've seen, you know, intense debate there. Uh, and, and I'm kind of on the side where, you know, I love the tradition of Jacksonville. I get that. But it's not a true neutral site game. It, 
you know, like, you know, Florida can drive a bus up there for obviously or Georgia has to fly. But nonetheless, though, you know, you bring a home and home. Tell me, you know, your your most bitter rival coming into your stadium. You know, I could you know, we had the Georgia Notre Dame game back in 2019. And that's probably one of the most intense atmospheres you could imagine from a Georgia standpoint. I guarantee you any year, any given year against uh, Florida in between the hedges would be that on steroids. It's just the hate of that, right? So, you know, obviously with uh, Georgia Clemson, you know, we're in uh, Charlotte to open up the season. And I'm from North Carolina, and I'm 45 minutes away from the stadium. The, you know, with the COVID protocols and things like that, it kind of scares me, right? Uh, Keeping up with it, I I, I generally don't talk politics, but at the end of the day, when it comes to college football, I'm, I'm involved. And what I mean by that is just kind of keeping up with, you know, the restrictions and things like that. It looks to me that college football is going to be 100 percent this year. The question lies, is it going to impact September 4th? Because this game and you can probably attest to this. This game is meant to have a full stadium. If anything less is is going to be a disappointment. So, you know, obviously, where is Clemson at in regards to? Uh, you know, stadium capacities uh, in the upcoming uh, season. Where where do they stand, tip, or at least right now? So, um, uh, Clemson announced, and uh, and uh, Clemson's AD Dan Radakovich said that they have created they have created a uh, plan to have Clemson at a hundred percent capacity. Um, obviously, that that does coincide with um, CDC, f- federal, and uh, state regulations um to keep it as unpolitical as possible clemson's in south carolina you know clemson's in the south there's a good chance that clemson football is going to be at a hundred percent capacity for the majority of the home season uh it is kind of a shame that september 4th is so close to being just around the corner and we haven't heard anything yet um you know, like I can say like this, this game with its implications, I won't say national championship simply because it's the first week of the season. I mean, both schools have the ability to drop this game to go through their schedules and still make the playoffs. I mean, this is one of the rare games where both schools can drop it and still have a chance to get in. That's just how good and uh, and uh, how complex their schedules can be. Um, so. If this game is not 100% capacity, it is one of the biggest injustices in college football during this pandemic. I mean, like I said, I was born and raised in Georgia. I have friends who go to UGA. When we found out two years ago that this game was in Charlotte, I have family in Charlotte. I've already told them, like, hey, we're, like, having this stupid party, right? Like, day before, Friday night, we're getting – we're – we're doing what Southern college football fans do. You know, we're waking up, we're going to the parking lots, we're tailgating at 9 a.m. Like, this is what we're doing. And everyone's on the same page. I was telling my UGA friends, like, hey, you guys are welcome to come. You know, like, you know, like we'll treat you like family, but we'll treat you kind of like that weird uncle that, yeah, like he's family, but we're going to kind of jab him here and there. So, if this game isn't full capacity, I will be very disappointed, and and I would kind of feel a little bit robbed. Um, I understand just the 
stigma around COVID-19. I understand these thoughts that these thoughts, these ideas, and these facts that on how dangerous it can be. Um, so I do understand the decision that both schools, that the NCAA, that the conferences, that Bank of America Stadium make are the best decisions that all of those groups think is the best for the fans, for the players, for the coaches, for the country, for everyone. So I will back up their decision no matter what. But if it is not full capacity, I will be a little bit disappointed um, simply because, I mean, I would love to see that 50-50 split right down the middle, orange and red, just going at it. So, I mean, like, like only time will tell. It's way too early to comment on it. It's way too early to make a speculation. All I know is if it's full capacity, I'm there. I feel you there. All right. So what I want to do here is I want to give you a chance real fast to um, basically give a shout out where people can find you. Uh, I know you have a Twitter account and I'm sure there's probably other things. Uh, just going to give a shout out real fast to everybody out there listening. And that way we can find you and keep up with some Clemson football, man. Yeah, absolutely. So if, uh, if any of you guys didn't hear it earlier, my name is Aaron Bass. I am, I am the, uh, the fifth quarter, uh, contributor for the Clemson page uh you you can find my overall parent parent company at 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 fifth quarter um we do great stuff with uh college football news with college sports news we post daily articles you know um we have dozens of contributors working for and through different schools to create the best content for you guys i am the Clemson specific guy um, you can find me at FQ Clemson, uh, the fifth quarter Clemson. And you can also find my personal handle at Aaron J Bass for, for any of your Clemson questions. And Hey, I am, I love conversation. I love debate. I love talking with people. I love fan interactions. Even if you're like a UGA fan and you don't like Clemson, Hey, if you follow me, I'll follow you back. If you tweet at me, I will tweet at you back. I'm, you know, like I'm not above anything else. You know, I am, I am a Clemson fan. I am a college football fan. So yep. it, everything is welcome on my page. Obviously we are a parent company. So we do have, uh, we do like to keep stuff fam family friendly, but nonetheless, rivalries, questions, debates, bring it all on like I said, and, uh, and, uh, I believe it was on the little scanner down below. It's yep. at FQ Clemson. That is my Twitter handle. And, uh, and I mean, yeah, just tweet at me, follow me. Uh, you do you. Absolutely. Well, Hey Aaron, I wanted to thank you for hopping on and, uh, taking some time to talk some Clemson football. Hey, maybe we can do it again. Yeah, uh, maybe as this, hey, as the season comes closer, there's going to be a lot to talk about. So, Hey, I am, um, I'm all for the week week before two weeks before when we find out what both teams actually have oh, yeah. what we can do i am all for hopping on this uh channel again and actually previewing the matchup but uh i do thank you again for uh for um having me on good luck this season except for week one this likewise. and that yeah likewise. Um, <laughs> but yeah good luck keep it up thanks again and go tigers hey to that country hey go dogs but I do want y'all to do one thing. Whoop up on South Carolina too. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. No, no, no. We won't. 
we won't whoop up on South Carolina. We're going to put them in timeout and just kind of let them question what they did wrong here. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank All you right, again. Buddy, well, have a good one. And like I said, thanks again uh, for stopping by. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's all I've got for today. Uh, on that note, I will be back Friday. Tune in. You're going to want to see this. I'm talking with Trey Lee Hale, Keeley's mom. So stay tuned for next uh, episode right there. And on that note, go dogs. Ever since I started podcasting, I've used Buzzsprout. And let me tell you this. You cannot go wrong with Buzzsprout. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. One of the hardest things about creating and starting your own podcast is not knowing what to do. Buzzsprout, it's super easy. You, They will help you out in regards to what to do. Buzzsprout will get your show listed in every major podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. And Buzzsprout is the best partner you could imagine. Uh, you'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into your other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, uh, and other tools to promote your episodes. And there's a lot more than just that. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get your message out to the world. Follow the link in the show notes and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. Get you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for the paid plan, and it helps support our show.